So I want to introduce my girls. This is Isis here on camera. She is 12. And my youngest is 11. She's actually off screen, but she will very much be participating in the conversation. Just a little shy about being on camera, and we respect that. So today we're going to be talking about, it's been almost a year. Well, no, it's been a little over a year since we have made this huge transition from Florida to Georgia and me um, resigning from my full-time job to pursue entrepreneurship full-time. And so I speak a lot on camera about how that has impacted me and my perspective. So I thought it would be very interesting to actually get the children's perspective to see like how they felt throughout this whole process. So I know a couple big things for them were actually going to a new school and moving and leaving our support system. They spend a lot of time with my parents, especially my dad. So let's talk a little bit about that. So how was it leaving the family behind? Isis, what are your thoughts? Depressing. It was depressing. Well, elaborate a little bit. Like, I mean, yes, we know depressing is sad and I don't want you to, I don't want you to cry. I don't want you to cry, mama. Oh my God. No, I don't want you to cry. Cause listen, it's been a year, right? And we talked to Papa like every 20 minutes. Don't cry. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have started with that one. Clearly, it's still challenging, um, even, you know, over a year later. And we do talk to him all the time. And I don't want to just brush past your feelings, Isis, but I do want to get Phoenix's take on how she feels about it. So, Phoenix, what are your thoughts? It was hard and heartbreaking. Yeah, you want to elaborate on that? Like, what made it? I know I can understand what made it hard. But what brought about the heartbreak? Because soon after we left Florida, Queenie died. And we couldn't even, like, talk to her uh-huh. or see her because we left. Right. So just for some context, Queenie was our outdoor cat. And I always said I wasn't going to claim her but because uh, she was actually the neighbor's cat, but she spent more time at our home and she ate at our home. So right after we left, I think it was about two months after she actually passed away and we were not there for her last moments. And it was very difficult because for the two years before that, um, she was very much a part of our family. So that's what she's referring to when she talks about Queenie and her passing away. I mean, a lot of emotional stuff has come up and clearly it's still it's still there because we are about eight and a half hours away from our family. We moved here. We didn't know anyone. But I will say that my social butterfly here, Miss Isis, is the one who has really helped us to meet people in in the neighborhood because... I didn't know anybody, but because she made friends at school, now, you know, we have people inviting us over for dinner. And it's really nice. And it's very new because I can be quite antisocial. So and I think her being a social butterfly has really helped her to make the adjustment easier. Would you say that that was accurate or is that not true? Because you were very nervous, like when we did um, orientation last june at her school she was like i don't want to 
I don't want to leave you, mommy. I don't want to go talk to anybody. But then that quickly changed, right? You made new friends and all of that. Now, Miss Phoenix, where do you want to go? Why is it called a social butterfly? That's a very good question. Butterfly and I'm social. Because, like, butterflies fly to different things and people. Right. Well, maybe because butterflies move around a lot and they land in different places so maybe that's why they say social butterfly i don't know but we can look it up and find out and find out why so let's dig in a little bit to let's talk more about the move and how did you feel like when i said so i quit my job and i'm selling the house and we're moving to georgia like phoenix how did that make you feel it was kind of disappointing because we lived there for so long, like years. Right. It's only just like packing up and leaving because of how people were driving it. Sure, it did make sense, but like it it was disappointing. Right. Because we made so many memories there. I remember when like when we first were moving across the street and like we were basically living in a potter's house where like only the mattress was in your room there. Experience. Yeah. So again, for context, what she's talking about is the home that I sold was actually our first home. So we lived in an apartment for, um, no, for like four years, maybe three or four years. I think I had just signed the lease for year four and they were very young when we moved there. And so I think there were maybe six or seven when I bought my first home, our first home. And so we were there for, you know, for a few years and really made it a home. And it just so happened to be directly across the street from my parents. So if that tells you just how close of a family we are and how much this move, the significance of us moving this far away because we literally lived right across the street. Um, you have some more tissue, honey. Basketball, basketball, for like PE and stuff during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been like during the pandemic, you know, I still had to get up and go to work because I was, my position was considered an essential workers position and whatever that means because I think everybody is essential, right? And everybody essentially needs to get paid. But I was fortunate enough to still be able to go out, even though they did threaten us with furlough and that was like, you know, jarring. However, it when they closed the schools down and they said, you know, all the kids have to stay at home for months and you're trying to figure out as a parent, well, what do I do? Because no facilities are open. It was actually my dad that stepped up and, you know, because he was home at the time and he's the one who did all the homeschooling with them well not really like homeschooling but he was the one who did all of that at home because I know that that technically doesn't count as homeschooling and some people will be triggered by that so but you understand what I mean so that was a challenge and you know and that made them spend even more time with my dad but it was also the point that made me realize that I needed to have more flexibility in my schedule to be able to be there for them because I knew that it was crucial for me to be there in those moments, especially when 
there were times on the road where I was exposed to a COVID, you know, case. And at that time it was like, oh, shut everything down. Don't come to work. And I had to quarantine even from them. And I mean, it was very convenient that, you know, my family lived across the street, but it was very hard to be that close and yet that far away. So that was a challenge. But that was one of the things that really triggered me to be like, yeah, you got to take this, you know, entrepreneurship seriously, because I really do believe that entrepreneurship is absolutely like an insurance policy. It is not an option. Even if you have no intention of going full time, you should have something on the side. Even if it's a passive income, you should have something because if you think about it, it makes no sense that we have so many expenditures. We have cable, we have lights, we have water, we have, you know, all these different bills, you know, rent, car notes that come out of our one check. We need to have more than one, you know, financial resource coming in to be able to cover those expenditures. But I digress. Let's get back to the talk with my girls because I'm glad that they are here. So I want to ask when we made this big move, because I mean, did you feel like you had a choice in the matter? Isis, did you feel like you had a choice? You did feel like you had a choice? Yeah. Because I do remember asking you, Felix, did you feel like you had a choice? He asked us if we wanted to stay. Really, that way. We had a choice, but like it felt like we had to go. Mm-hmm. Because with the way people were acting then, we had to get away from them. And also, I knew I had a chance and a choice, but I wanted to like be with you. Right. Yeah, I remember that being a big part of the conversation because I did talk to my parents and, you know, it was, listen, if they want to stay, then, you know, we might have to make that, make arrangements for that to work. And the girls, both of the girls were very adamant. They were like, nope, we're going wherever you go, we're going. And so even though it was tough, you know, with the move and all of that, like what made you feel comfortable with all of it? Was it that you just felt like I trust mommy? And I know that she's going to do what's right. That was part of it. But when we moved into the townhouse, mm-hmm. you know, I felt at ease. Mm-hmm. Because we had mostly, like, had, we mostly had everything together. We knew some people. We realized that everybody here was nice, but almost everybody. Plus, mm-hmm. we realized that we're nice. We felt safe right. in the environment. Yeah. And we didn't really know anybody before. So it was kind of confusing. Right. Kind of like settled down. Yeah. Well, because when we first came here, our um the first apartment that we lived in was not ready yet. And so um we actually were in a hotel for about two weeks with all of our stuff and the dog. And so it was really uncomfortable. And we had to come that early because school was starting for them. So it was like there was about a month between the sale of our home and um, them starting school here. So we really had to get here and get prepared and all of that. So we stayed in a hotel for about two weeks and then we moved into our place. And that's when, you know, we really got to, you know, see people in the neighborhood and everybody seemed very nice. We didn't make any lasting connections, but we realized very quickly that the people here were very, very polite. Um, even at the post office. I don't know. I mean, if you know, you know, but I've I've been to some trashy post office and then people was not nice. But here, everybody was super nice. So would you guys want to move back to Florida? 
No. So you think it was the right decision, both of you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes me happy because it was daunting for me to like make such a big decision, not only to quit the job and to sell the house, but to move to an entirely different state with just me and them. And so I I'm glad that over a year later, they still feel like it was the right decision, that it was a good decision and that they support me because that's so important to me to make sure that my kids are supporting me on this journey. So I appreciate you guys. I'm sorry that they got so emotional, but do you guys have anything else you want to say? What, what would be your advice to a mom who is looking to do the same thing, you know, looking to make a move for the betterment of her family? Phoenix, what are your thoughts? Um, if your child is feeling some way, don't walk off on them because you don't like how they feel. If you want them to feel a certain way, but they don't want to feel that way, for example, if you want them to do something, but they don't want to do that thing, don't force them to do it. Just because you do it doesn't mean that they have to. Okay. So respect people's boundaries, even if they are, even if they're children. They're people too, right? So respect their boundaries. There's some family, there's some families that record their children, and some of them obviously don't want it. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a family and you're a YouTuber doesn't mean you have to put your family in those videos. Right. Okay. Hint. <laughs> Note to self, stop putting her on Instagram. So, But, I mean, you guys see a lot more of Isis on Instagram and on YouTube because she feels more comfortable being on camera. So if you don't see Phoenix, it's not that that I don't cherish her as much or anything like that. It's just that she does not feel comfortable with it. And I respect that. So Isis, what would be your advice to anyone? Um, well, to mothers specifically who are like looking to make a transition for the betterment of their families. What would you say to those moms? Quit the job. <laughs> Quit the job. <laughs> Phoenix, what do you have to say? <laughs> There's been something that always bugs me when I watch like videos about advice for parents. Mm-hmm. If your child is doing something that you don't like, don't use words like, you're under my roof. I feed you. That's the bare minimum that you have to do for your own child. Don't use that against them. Yeah. The voice cracks. Yeah. I'm getting emotional. Do I do that? I'm thirsty. Sometimes. Sometimes I do, isn't it? Did you just feel pain? Yeah, she did. It don't matter. We all have some tears. Same salty teardrops. <laughs> Coming from eyeball. Maybe, are there some things we need to work out off, off camera? Oh. It's getting hot. Uh, you telling me the shift, but we on camera. <laughs> I think it's some stuff we need to work out. Um, we still working on the mommy mogul mastery part, apparently. Are better than you used to be. Okay, you used to okay. do that, but you're better. You're improving as a mother. Well, improving. Well, you know, mommy uh, didn't grow up as um like us. I know that, but she's improving. So, and that's the important. And I thank you. I am improving. <laughs> so there you go. 
from the mouth of babes, I am improving. Mouth of what? Babes, like babies. Kids. Oh. It's a saying, from the mouth of babes. I've never heard that. Google it. <laughs> okay. Now, last question. Possibly last question. What would be your advice to the children of those mothers who are looking to to make that move? Phoenix? Phoenix put her hand up first. Okay. Um, know that even if you love your parents and want to show them you, that you appreciate them, don't let them bring you down because you want them to show that because you want to show them that you trust them. They will take advantage eventually. Always know that your opinion matters. There is those two, and you do need to do things for them, but know that you still matter, okay? You matter. Period. Yeah. All right. And Ms. Isis, what is your advice to those young ones? Slay. <laughs> Break it down for me. What that? What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Your mommy cries too. Yeah, mommies are people too. We have feelings too. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, very interesting episode, but a good welcome back to season two of the Mommy Mogul Mastery Podcast. So, thank you for everyone who stayed with us as long. Oh, Phoenix has one more thing she wants to say. Go ahead, Phoenix. It's for both the kids and their parents, okay? Even the dad. Okay. Okay. You may be going through things, but you don't want to tell other people because you're scared of how they'll feel about you. Don't. Tell somebody that you feel comfortable with. Even if, like, it's a pet or a close friend or, like, somebody that you trust. It can be a stuffed animal. Just tell somebody or something. They trust. Stuffed animal is crazy. No, we're not judging. We're not judging. All right. That's actually pretty good advice. You need to have an outlet. You need to have somebody that you can confide in. And I I believe that to be true because I be calling my friends like, girl, help me. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. And we will see you in the next episode. All right. Bye.